0: Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Freezing, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Had a busy
1: weekend, but um, i still behind on things, but we'll hopefully get caught up here. Um, it's going to be a shortened week, right? We got a holiday on Friday, Good Friday. Um, so it's going to be interesting, and especially as we've got the start of the new month. And what that normally entails and coming on the back of uh, the rally that we had last week, which was a pretty impressive uh, towards the end. Did you notice
0: all the uh, window dressing that we had? Yeah, I mean, I, even like an example like Tesla, right? It's been down most of the month and then suddenly it rallied hard right into the the, the close there at the on a Friday there. So it's like everyone yeah. wanted to show off that they own the best things uh, that performed over the quarter. <clears throat>
1: Yeah. I did some spot checking and it looks like, you know, the things that were definitely performing well for the month already. Um, and for the quarter combined looks like the things that they went after first. And then of course, you know, some of these other things got caught into it too. Me too, me too. I don't want to be left behind. Uh, but it definitely was uh, window dressing in the sense that, um, the optics, you know, people like to show that they, they do hold the, uh, uh, the 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 symbols that have been doing well. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be working out the best for investors or shareholders, ultimately, because you could have a pullback in the next quarter. And so, you know, ha- having paid up potentially for some of those symbols this week, especially if you did it on Friday, um, you know, it, it may not hold water through earnings season or, or how about sell selling may and go away if that holds true. Right. So I think it's, it's not a, a good, you know, framework to, to do things just because you want to show the optics, you know, um, they had plenty of time to buy a lot of stuff on the cheap <laughs> and that's going to usually pay, for, pay, uh, investors a lot better, but, uh, Anyway, it is what it is. We ended up um, let's see so far for this quarter Nasdaq's up 16.8%, the S&P's up 7%, even the midcap up 3.4 and the Russell up 2.3 year to date and then the Dow Jones up only 0.4, which it was you know down most of the year so far, right? And it just Managed to finally poke its head above break even. So um, again, it's in keeping with what happened last year. The things that got beat down the most uh, seem to come back the most,
0: right? It's like and a, those that, that were not down as much. The <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, it still it still works after all these years. Um, and it's not just about the Dow. I mean, nowadays it's yeah different markets entirely and also you know i mean there's the survivor bias thing that affects these markets too you know because they keep having stocks added or subtracted you know mergers happen you know problems happen they get removed from one index and put into another one you know so that there's lots of changes all the time um so that affects partly the year-over-year performances. But um, anyway, Friday was interesting because some of the economic data really suggested that inflation was, you know, being dealt with, that the concerns weren't as exaggerated uh, as they have been. And maybe that means that the Fed would go actually a bit easier. And so that's why, why the market's really hopeful for that. Um, we had let's see, I think the bigger the bigger one that brought it into focus was um, the PCE data and the Michigan sentiment consumer sentiment. So again, a lot of focus on Friday about the consumers. Um I noticed the, you know Russell list that we had did did really well was up about two point one five percent for the symbols, um, there was only two symbols that were read out of 20 on our, on our Russell list. And um, that hasn't been the case for a little while. Russell's been a little bit struggling um, just because uh, the small caps had fallen out of favor so much. Uh, but when you uh, see people kind of get some confidence back, you know, that's where they like to run they like to run back into some small caps because of the growth potential and also the betas are are you know pretty substantial volatility's good so if you can catch it on an upswing you can do really well with the russell stock so we only had like like i said 2 out of 20 that were were red all the rest were pretty green and they were up like 2.15% collectively versus um The IWM uh, from open to close was only up 1.13. So there was some alpha there. All right. So what's uh, on your radar here for the first week of
0: April in terms of seasonality? What do you see? Yeah, so we have two seasonalities this week. We have the first trading day of the month and also the first Friday of the month. Um, For the month of April, the S&P is expected to do 2.4% and the NASDAQ at 2.6%. So it's uh, still a good, a good month overall. But first t- trading day is actually a, a down day typically, um, minus 0.48%. And then the first Friday of the month, minus 0.13% for the, for the S&P. So a little soft the first, first day, and then on the Friday as well. Um, then Let's look at some of the sectors that are expected to do better or worse. <clears throat> So first trading of the month, soft uh, longer things like gold, oil, um, and short jets like the airlines, uh, retail XRT, home builders XHB, art funds so a lot of the risk on high beta stuff, and also some financials KBE and KRE, and then when it comes to the first uh, Friday of the month, uh, again longer gold, uh, oil. Uh, biotech, XBI, IDB, um, real estate, and then short again, JETS, which is airlines, uh, financials, KBE, KRE, uh, and some of the chips, SMH and SOX, right? So those are the ETFs that may or may not do better than others. And then we have, in terms of uh, economic reports, we have Monday, we have S&P 500, um, US manufacturing reports. Construction spending. On Tuesday, we have factory orders and job openings. Wednesday is the ADP employment report, um, PMI, and uh, Thursday, jobless claims. And then Friday, first Friday of the month, we always get that U.S. employment report. So the backdrop in terms of uh, reports will be how the economy, in terms of manufacturing, is still going. Um, job openings, employment data, unemployment report. So those are the major uh, economic reports and earnings. Uh, not too much going on Tuesday, Acuity brands, um, just, a, just a handful Conagra, um, Levi Strauss, WD-40. So it's just a couple earnings there. Mostly um, it's going to be probably a focus around employment. Are we seeing any crack in um, the employment numbers? Uh, because we've seen um inflation coming down, but not the employment market. So that's going to be the focus of the week.
1: Okay. Well, um, yeah, the dollar I think really plays into the gold thing and the dollar's up right now. So um, we'll have to monitor that, um, you know, so I always I always look at the seasonality and and say, you know, is it plausible? Uh, do we see this history repeating itself? Um, what are the catalysts that could be complementary or opposing? So that's where I bring the dollar into into the equation, as well as as sort of what's going on in in fear land. Like obviously Friday is not an example of fear. Um, you know, what we had fear more in the um, when the banks were really under pressure and then we saw some, some relief with some of the mergers and bailouts and things like that, right? Uh-huh. So just kind of keep that in mind. I mean, there's, there's not every sector always has the same kind of meaningful catalyst, but when you have negative correlation, like you do with <laughs> the dollar and metals, um, it's definitely something to watch. Let's just run through um, our futures here. So, um, as of the moment here, we have the Dow Jones um, trading pretty much flat. It since it opened um, with six p m Eastern time, it hasn't um, hasn't done a lot. It's been kind of sideways here. Um, so really not seeing too much uh, from the Dow Jones futures. and the s and p is down slightly. It did have a drop from Friday's close. Well, after hours close, it did have a drop. And it's been, again, trading sideways down 10.5 points or 0.25%. The NASDAQ is down a little bit more. Um, So technology had an amazing run um, on Friday. And of course, uh, for the week, things were picking back up a little bit with uh, NASDAQ. But earlier in the week, they were... It was softer. Um, NASDAQ's down 75 points or 0.56%. And it's not trading sideways. It's kind of actually drifting down at the moment. And the Russell is trading sideways. It's down 0.18% or 3.2 points. Uh, the VIX, uh, which we've been monitoring uh, carefully, uh, you know, is one of our leading indicators had pulled back uh, substantially this week, uh, getting close to the 20 level again. Right now it's sitting at 21.20, up 2.10%. Um, and so it might be on the back of some of this oil news, which we're gonna talk about momentarily here. First I'll go to the bonds. Bonds are interesting because they're kind of back in that middle of that range that was the, the highs uh, Looking at the two-year note, like we had this resistance level from December all the way through February. In March, it declined to new new lows there uh, for the year and even for last year. And so from that, then it shot up, started on March the 9th and just ripped up with the banking crisis and uh, lifted all the way through that resistance level. And now it's pulled back to sit on top of it or kind of right in the middle of that consolidation. So that's the two year and the five year, 10 year and 30 year uh, are just uh, a little or a lot less aggressive version of that. The two two year, obviously the most sensitive. So bonds at the moment, just looking at where the 30 is, is down 0.21%. Um, so should be should be fairly stable now and not something as volatile as it has been during the banking crisis. Till the next one, right, Dave? Until the
0: next one. <laughs> okay. It was such okay. like a rapid, uh, rapid move in March. I mean, we were uh, the yield on the ten, on the two year was over five percent. Went down below four. Yeah. Now it's at four point one one. Yeah, It's a huge movements. So. So the U.S. dollar pulled back
1: for pretty much all of March. From the 7th of March, it just it pulled back all the way, and and it's Friday bounced a little bit, and then this uh, this evening here it's up again a little bit. So um, it's up 0.49%. So looking at what that's doing to the metals. Gold was down on Friday, but still an inside day rel- relative to Thursday. And uh, tonight it's down 0.92, almost one percent. Um, so it'll probably looks like it'll probably want to head back towards um, the 1950 level from the 2000 level that it touched uh, on uh, Friday's high there, and then pulled back. Okay, Uh, copper um, again. Recession uh, indicator or not, um, is stable sideways. Not really doing much of anything. And now let's go to the big story of the day: is energy. Okay. Now, what's going on in energy? Well, first of all, contrary to you know the U.S. requests of OPEC and other leading members uh, to you know, cut or hold things as is, or sorry, to to supply more, I mean, sorry, supply more, or at least maintain. Uh, OPEC plus has uh, decided to cut production by about 1.5 million barrels. And um, that'll be starting in May. And so the countries involved Saudi Arabia will reduce by 500,000 barrels per day. Russia will reduce by 500,000 barrels per day. UAE by 144,000 barrels per day. Kuwait by 128,000 barrels per day. Iraq by 211,000 uh, barrels per day. Algeria by 48,000. And Oman by 40,000. So, you know, you can see who's all in bed together, right? And uh, anyway, so they want to stabilize the global fuel market right now mm. add to that add to that the uh, news from japan so uh it breaks with u.s allies and it's buying russian oil at prices above the cap mm. so it got it got an exemption um so it's going above the 60 dollar a barrel cap because um it's got Energy needs. Well, so does everybody else. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this, this, this thing is just crazy. So let's take a look at our, our crude here. So um, we were up a little bit more earlier. We've pulled back. We were up about 6%. Uh, we're currently up 5.63%, which is a huge change. That puts it into the, it was up at uh, 815 half on West Texas and it's currently sitting at 80, just under 80, 79.93. Um, so uh, West Texas is now gonna be also contributing to more uh, oil pricing w- uh, related to uh, Brent crude just because of the supply side on the Brent uh, has diminished. So, um, But Brent's up 5.47, so they're pretty pretty closely aligned. So there used to be more differences between the two contracts, but they're clo- more closely aligned. So there you have a big pop, and it's pulled back somewhat. So what is this going to do? It's going to put some pressure on oil stocks to, to jump tomorrow. Now, there are some you know pure plays that respond much more aggressively than some of the Uh, you know, major integrated where they're more diversified. So that's one thing to note. If you have in the past studied correlation, because we always have like hurricanes or, you know, we've got all kinds of things that disrupt. Remember the the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal? I mean, we've always got something going on that disrupts oil. When the war started, you know. And so um, if you've already studied which symbols tend to move the most, relative to the futures, then, uh, you, you know, you can, uh, play that game tomorrow. Now there is a chance that things kind of open way too aggressively and overshoot, you know, what they should be doing. And then you have from open to close potentially a pullback. So don't assume that it's gap and go, it could be gap and retrace. Um, But that's only day one. And again, these cuts aren't going to start until May. So there is some time for this thing to stabilize. But I've been talking about oil being very discounted, you know, in the middle of March. And, uh, you know, abnormally so. And uh, I, I basically talked about the opportunity for coming out of that 66 dollar a barrel area that um, was uh, looking for some upside and so this brings us right to the top of the range of the high from march the high from february and into the consolidation area from january so that's that's where we popped up today so a big gap obviously a big driver and it's going to impact a, a lot of things. I mean, you know, it's a small sector relative to the S&P. Like, we'll look at the amount of financials in S&P, for example. I mean, so so energy is a small sector, but, you know, it, it's psychological. It moves markets, things like that. So what this could mean is that if oil were to really gain traction, that would put more pressure on the Fed to go easy on the markets too, right? So <laughs> that debate, you'll probably hear that tomorrow on, on some of the news channels as to what does this mean. But this is the big driver today is uh, crude oil. Um, so what basically for this week already, this past week, we had all 11 uh, sectors gained. Energy was up 6.2% for the week. Consumer discretionary 56 real estate 5.2, and communication services uh, 1.5 and healthcare 1.8, um, but all 11 sectors were, were had a good week. Um, anything else on your radar here?
0: No, that's it. Uh-huh.
1: All right, well. Uh, fasten your seatbelts for uh, an interesting week and compressed at bat, right? Only four days to make hay. So good success, everyone. Catch you here next week.